for me as a recovering alcoholic did i do something consistently every day to nurture my recovery i do that very effectively by going to meetings by being involved with a home group, by trying to fulfill some service obligations, by reaching out to newcomers, and I establish uh, a communication with other people. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this show, we try to provide inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. We are not aligned with any 12-step recovery program, but you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show, Rich M. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's sharing on the concept of what? No president? During this interview, Rich talks about the service structure of AA with a focus on the southeastern Pennsylvania area. There's an intergroup in your area as well. If you're interested in getting into service, a good place to start is with your home group's GSR. That stands for General Service Representative. You're going to ask them for service opportunities in your area. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning. I am doing well, as usual. It's February 28th. What do we have going on this morning? Uh, we've got a good one. Uh, my friend Rich M. from Langhorn, Pennsylvania, is in to talk to us about the concept of what? No president for February 28th. Excellent. Rich, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Michael. Great to have you on the show. Um, we start the show in the same way every day. Uh, if you could help us out and read the Daily Reflection for February 28th. Sure, no problem. February 28th, what? No president? When told that our society has no president having authority to govern it, no treasure who can compel the payment of any duty, any dues, our friends gasp and exclaim, this simply can't be. It's taken from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 132. When I finally made my way to AA, I could not believe that there was no treasurer to compel payment of dues. I could not imagine an organization that didn't require monetary contributions in return for a service. It was my first and thus far only experience with getting something for nothing. Because I did not feel used or conned by those in AA, I was able to approach the program free from bias and with an open mind. They wanted nothing from me. What could I lose? I thank God for the wisdom of the early founders who knew so well the alcoholics' disdain for being manipulated. Just out of curiosity, did you were you aware of any of this when you first walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, that it was free and there was no real organization? absolutely no idea what to expect from AA when I got to AA. I was in trouble. I was recently thrown out of my house and I was put in a position where I had to seek a solution to my problem. I thought the problem at the, at the time when I was seeking it was my wife. Unfortunately, it wasn't my wife. The problem resided between my ears And um, I was told I had to do something. I had to seek help somewhere. And uh, through the uh, efforts of the people in a intensive outpatient program that I went to, uh, they pointed me in the direction of AA. And that's where I was introduced to the traditions and the steps. And when did you get sober, Rich? My sobriety date is July 23rd, 1994. 
the first AA meeting that I went to was at the Pennypack Park group of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a clubhouse in the middle of Pennypack Park in Northeast Philadelphia. And, you know, the, the Daily Reflection talks about the service structure and the fact that the early founders knew so well the alcoholics disdain for, be, for being manipulated. Um, but that, that's talking about the kind of anti-organization that you, we experience in AA. How long did it take you to get from being a newcomer into the program, getting sober through working the program and, the, and getting into the fellowship, to finding out about the structure? I know you are in service in so many ways in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. How long did it take you to, to find that service structure and get involved? I think what I was, I was very fortunate when I first got sober is that I was pushed into um, taking commitments consistently right in the beginning. Um, I, I uh, got a, a, uh, a chair commitment after 90 days of sobriety at Pennypack Park Group. I was kind of pushed, I should say, um, edged into service in some ways. I had heard in AA that the one way that you can stay sober is by trying to pass this on what you've received freely onto somebody else, to somebody else. And one way of doing that was by getting actively involved in AA. I think that I felt really good when I was doing service in AA. I can't say that I necessarily was very involved with doing the steps, but you know, they do, they do in some ways refer to it as two-stepping where you, you don't drink one day at a time and you basically get involved with service. That's very helpful in the beginning, but it's not something that really works for loneliness and sobriety or even having a contented life. Um, I'm really grateful that people pushed me in that direction, but I found from my own experience that that alone was not enough to keep me, uh, you know, in a, in a happy, joyous and free life. Mm. So, so at what point did you realize that doing the steps was really part of the program? Well, I've been hearing about this fourth step. You know, I, I've heard about it. And when I looked at the, the first chapter I read in the big book, when I was exposed to the big book was there is a solution and they outlined the solution in that chapter of being spiritual in nature. And when I got here, I wasn't looking for a spiritual solution to my alcohol problem. I was looking to somebody to show me how either I could drink successfully without having the repercussions, show me how I could do it better, or basically get me out of the jackpot I was in. You know, I wasn't here, you know, I, I was not here because I wanted to be virtuous and um, do and do the next right thing. I wanted to get out of the jam that I was in, and I had every intention of basically going through the motions until such times as that I could talk my way back into the house that I was kicked out of. I think I've always been somebody that I would be willing to work and help others. I'm a mechanic. Have problems with certain situations, they would actually literally get ripped off by some unscrupulous people. I would, I would actually feel bad about that. But it was just one of those things where I have a, a certain skill set when it comes to mechanical ability regards repairing things. But I also discovered later that I had a certain skill set here in AA. And I think that um, 
that the more I developed that skill set regarding working with others, and in certain cases being in service to AA, I derived most of the benefits, even though some people got some, uh, some benefits on the side, actually I'm the one that received most of the benefits. I, I can't say that I was altruistic to begin with, but I think it morphed into that because one thing I did find out is by the more meetings I went to, I felt better. When I started helping others, I started to feel better. When I got out, when I started doing actively involved with the steps in service, I actually started to feel okay. And I think, you know, the benefits of that, getting that reward of basically of building self-esteem by doing esteemable acts, by basically just doing these little, little items every day, you know, you get, you, you start to feel okay about yourself. So the daily reflection, the title of it says, what? No president? How does that even work? I mean, how does this organization stay together if nobody's in charge of it? That's a good question. Because when I go into AA groups or if I go into the AA structures, you know, I'm, I'm an actively involved with the uh, inner groups, the South Street and Eastern Pennsylvania Intergroup Association. When I go into these structures, you wonder how things work. But the main focus is helping the next alcoholic to achieve sobriety. When you have a focus of that, a lot of the details work themselves out. Um, the fact is that no one is getting paid to do 12-step work. Um, most of the people that are involved in 12-step work are strictly doing it on a volunteer basis, and they're doing it because it enhances their sobriety. But it is amazing to me that we can have these large organizations, you can have structure, but in reality, you don't have anybody that's the boss. You know, I, I, I'm right now, um, I have a very important job with the Southeastern uh, uh, Intergroup Association. I'm the chairperson. But to be honest with you, I can't dictate, dictate policy. All I can do is facilitate the steering committee uh, and help run the business of the Intergroup Association. But I'm not the boss. And boy, am I glad I'm not the boss. Believe me, I wouldn't want that job. Yeah, I've participated in state level service and uh, I agree. Nobody wants to be the boss of any of that. (laughs) So, you know, we've got a bunch of newcomers listening to the podcast now. And what if they want to participate in service? What suggestions do you have for them? I think the most important thing that I can uh, ask of newcomers is to basically get a home group. Number one, get a home group and be involved in the home group. Right now, a lot of the meetings are not meeting physically. Uh, there's not as much service opportunities. But the big thing, you know, one thing is, is that you get a home group. There is some am- amount of service that you can do in a home group. Uh, one of the big things when I first came in, when we still had physical meetings, which are around, but they're not around that much, was making coffee, greeting people when they came in the room. There are usually some service positions that newcomers can basically get, and service committees that newcomers whether you have one day sobriety or one year, there's a lot of service committees in Southeastern uh, Pennsylvania Intergroup Association where you don't have to have any amount of sober time that you can get involved with these uh, service committees and really help out do the work. Currently, one of the um, ad hoc committees in CPA is called the Special Events Committee. 
and what the special events committee is, they plan fundraising events in uh, CPN, also joint workshops with the general service uh, partner that we have in Area 59. There's going to be a roundup, that, a virtual roundup, normally it's in Cape May, on April uh, 16th to the 18th, where there's going to be a lot of uh, meetings virtually that we would normally have in Cape May. Normally, when we have a physical roundup, there's a whole bunch of work that has to be done. And usually, there's anywhere from 50 to 100 people involved actively with getting that big fundraising event in Cape May off the ground. And we rely a lot on newcomers to make coffee, to help do the meetings, to act as greeters, work the registration table. This is all stuff that people can work on. Now, currently we're not, we're doing it on Zoom, but that doesn't mean that you can't help out. Like I said, any newcomer can join any of these 12-step committees at Sepia. And you can, if you click on the service uh, the service teams, you can find out when they meet, and uh, they usually have a specific days they meet during the month, and it's easy to get involved. It's not hard to get involved, and anyone can be a member. You don't have to be an intergroup rep. You don't have to have a member with 90 days. You can be a, a member with one day, and I think it's important that people are, are pulled into the service structure that you're talking about. Newcomers feel they can help out. They can really help out. Another way that newcomers can help out is by consistently going to meetings and share what they're going through. I think it's important that the newcomer be encouraged to open up and talk about what's going on. One thing I've found from my own experience, we've all been there. We've all had one day. And it's important that if you're going through something in early sobriety to share your message, because Believe it or not, you can be helping somebody with a little bit time like myself go, who in some cases is going through exactly the same thing. We're basically on, uh, on, a, on a ship together. We basically need one another to stay sober. And we can do that by supporting one another. Fantastic. So there's quite a few service structures and committees um, are there, you mentioned it briefly, but I wanted to clarify, are there time commitments or, or, or time restrictions? Does someone have to be sober for a certain amount of time to, to get in service in those committees? On some of the committees, there's uh, one of the committees is CPC, which is cooperation with the professional community. You have to have one year of continuous sobriety to escort students. You have to attend two CPC meetings. But you can go there regardless whether you have a year or not. You can go there, find out what's involved, get involved with reading the CPC guidelines that are published by AA, by general service, and find out exactly what's involved with that. Another one, like the special, the, um, special events committee, which is an ad hoc committee, you can go there. You can have one day. You can do a lot of work, I can guarantee you that if you want to get involved with AA, you can do a lot of work with special offense. Treatment facilities, basically, you can go there and try and support the liaisons that are working out and the uh, various zones handing out uh, treatment facility commitments. To go into the treatment facilities themselves, you need 90 days of continuous sobriety. And I believe you need to have six months of continuous sobriety to uh, share your message there. Another one is prisons. I believe prisons 
they have, I believe that you have to have a minimum of two years of continuous sobriety to take a meeting into the prisons. So there are certain time limitations on some of these. Finance, which is another ad hoc committee, you can go there and get involved with the finance committee. You can find out how sepia spends their seventh tradition money. You can have an input on the budget that they put into place. You can, you can basically, if you have an opinion, if you don't think the money's being spent well, you can go there and voice your opinion. Any person that goes there has the opportunity to voice their opinion. That's another committee. There's a unity committee. The unity committee basically does pitches and the Southeastern Pennsylvania Intergroup Association. And what the unity committee does is they go out to individual groups and they um, do a pitch. But what they're doing is they're going out to these groups to spread the information about the 12-step committees that CPA has. And they're called the Traveling Roadshow for CPA. And what they're doing is they're going out and telling groups, these are the committees, this is what you can do to get involved. And they're actively basically asking people to join the committees, which is exactly what you're asking about. Like, what can newcomers do? So that's another committee that you can get involved with. There are, you know, like I said, there are other 12-step committees, but all that information is on CPIA's website. Again, that's AA sepia.org and if you see that on the service uh, service teams you'll see that information freely shared you mentioned attending meetings super important for the newcomer keep coming back um, and i just wanted to add to that you know most home groups good home groups will have a business meeting on a regular basis uh, for example my home group has a business meeting every month it's the second tuesday of every month and that's where we talk about these things, where volunteer opportunities become available. Um, there are service opportunities in every home group, like you mentioned. And a new one in the pandemic is around facilitating, from a technical perspective, facilitating you know, meetings of, of AA over uh, online mediums like, like Zoom, like, like Google Hangouts or whatever it might be. That's a skill that, um, that not everybody has. So um, you know, volunteering for that can be massively important and, and help your home group out. Rich, anything else you want to tell uh, the audience before we begin to begin to wrap up? I think it's been awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful. Uh, I'm so grateful that AA does not have a president. But I think it's important that we're like, um, we have trusted servants, but we don't have leaders. We have people that basically step up to do the work. And it's easily, and, and basically we're encouraging, especially newcomers, to basically get actively involved in their sobriety. I think it's real important for me as a recovering alcoholic that I do something consistently every day to nurture my recovery. I do that very effectively by going to meetings, by being involved with a home group, by trying to fulfill some service obligations, by reaching out to newcomers, by reaching out to the people, my sponsor, who I, ha I have a sponsor, I have a grand sponsor, I have a couple people that I sponsor. But what's more important is that I reach out and I establish um, a communication with other people so that I'm not alone. One of the toughest things that I had to do was break down the wall of isolation that my active alcoholism built around me. I think it's real important to break that wall down 
and just to establish some communication with others. If you don't feel comfortable doing it in an open AA room, please get some phone numbers and utilize them because I think it's important if for some reason you're thinking about drinking to utilize all the resources at your disposal, make a phone call, meet somebody, have a cup of coffee, just do anything but pick up that drink. Just put it off for five minutes. And if you get a chance, call somebody and tell them what you're thinking about. Great advice. Well, Rich, thanks so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Michael. It's nice meeting you, Lee. Nice meeting uh, you. And I, I think you guys are doing great work here. I think the more that we're out in the open communicating this with others, the better it is for all of us. We agree with you. Thank you so much. And we appreciate people coming on and sharing their experience, strength, and hope around the daily reflections. It's helping a lot of people. So thanks for stepping up. Well, it was an awesome opportunity for me, and I appreciate the uh, your asking me. Thanks to Rich for joining us, and thanks to you, the listeners. If you want to find us online, you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read about recovery from our blog at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. If you're listening on a podcast network like Apple or Google, would really appreciate a rating. Give us a give us a thumbs up or a five-star rating. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Lee and I would really appreciate it. Thank you.